Did you but see yeah. my? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I say. Well, well, well. My, my, my. Well, well, well. Let's take a ride. Yeah, that's a good sound. I'm drinking mine out of a red Solo cup, like a classy person. Oh, yeah. Because I packed all of my beer glasses. Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, so which which Shimei or how, however we're pronouncing it? I always say Shimei. Shimei. Okay, so which Shimei are you drinking? This one is the Grand Reserve Ale. It's Ye- the uh, 9.4. Oh, wait, sorry. It's the blue. It's the the nine the nine percent. It's the blue one. The blue one. Yeah, that's what yeah. I got too. The mm. one I used to like is the brownish red one. It's a little bit less alcohol and a little bit cheaper. I remember at uh, Trader Joe's, it used yeah. to be like a dollar or so less. And um, I think I like the flavor of that one a little bit more because I, really? think I like, like this one. This one seems uh, to me it's. Oh, I just tapped the table. Dang it! To me, it's uh, much more crisp. Uh, this one. <laughs> Don't tap the table when I'm recording. <laughs> this one's way more um, crisp than than the other ones to me. It's, I like it a lot, um, and I forgot how much I liked it until I bought it. A couple of uh, I bought it. So, um, you know the Catholic talk show? Uh, it's a podcast. Yeah, it's called Among Wolves. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. There's is um. There's reaches a few more people than we do. <laughs> so, um. There's is uh. They did a whole episode on Trappist beers, and I was like, I totally forgot how much I used to love Trappist beers. And for a while, I was like, I'm only gonna drink Trappist beers because all these Catholic monks and it's supporting some good cause. And so, so I would try to find Trappist beers, and turns out it's hard to find Trappist beers depending on the type of year and the type of beer because uh, other than Chimay, a lot of the Trappists don't make their beer year-round. So. Yeah. And, and Chimay makes cheese, too. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, they make a, um, they make cheese that goes back to the monastery, too, but I don't know where to get that. But mm. um, Anyway, uh, should we talk a little bit about this beer? What do you know about this beer? Um, what I, I... Well, as we've already been pointing out, it's made by the Belgian monks and stuff. Right. And uh, our selling point or whatever, well, when I worked at Trader Joe's, we used to sell, say this a lot, and I don't know if it's always true. I think it was that, that during the winter months, I think I told you this too, right. is um, um, depending, you know, I guess on your order, I know that the Eastern Catholics would do it a lot is uh, like around Advent, they would do a Phillips fast for, I guess, Philip the Apostle. And... Uh, and um, it'd be kind of like a, a second Lent or or Lent light and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so they would um, fast throughout the, um, the the beginning of winter before Christmas. And then I heard that the monks would do that stuff. So they would brew these beers that are thicker and hardier. So when they're probably only eating like one meal a day or very, very small meals, they would drink this beer and that would kind of fill them up. Right, and it wasn't just the um, it wasn't just the fast and making the beer a meal. Although that was that ended up being a really good result, but because a lot of these a lot of these Trappist breweries, I mean, you're, you're talking like 
some of the ones that are still in existence going back to like the 1600s like some of these some of these breweries uh, Chimay I think is is early 1800s maybe mid 1800s I don't, I don't know uh, I probably should have looked that up but <laughs> But we can say around mid, I would guess mid 1800s. Anyway, so. 1862. Um, what is it? 1862. Oh, see, I wasn't too far off. Two years um, longer than Nevada's been a state. <laughs> right. And so, um, and so probably not so much true as Chimay is as some of the older beers, um, but they would be getting their water directly from a well or from a spring or something like that. And so they would have to boil the water in order to get any of the um, parasites and stuff like that out of it. But then it would also um, ferment grains in there to kill any of the extra stuff. And so obviously it became alcoholic. Uh, and then what ended up happening is because there are like um, – because of uh, of the nature of the monastery is welcoming and part of the uh, part of the charism of the Benedictine monasteries is that they have those charism hospitality. So whenever they'll take in travelers or pilgrims or whatever like that, they would always give them the better beers, uh, which usually included higher alcohol content. <laughs> um, and so pe- the word got around about how good these Trappist beers were. Uh, and it became an actual thing. Um, and then, like, other people started mocking Trappist beers. Uh, other organizations and companies started mocking Trappist beers and passing them off as Trappist beers, um, even though they weren't actually Trappist beers. And so, that became the um, the Trappist product label, the authentic Trappist product label. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the little uh, – what, what, what shape is it? You, you have yours in front of you. It's like – is it a – what's it? A hexagon, I think? Are you talking about like this? No, no, no. At the top of the bottle. At the very top of the bottle. Oh, oh! I see. It's uh, yeah. That's the authentic uh, Trappist stat. Oh, okay. Yeah, it says authentic Trappist product. Yep, it's it's a hexagon or something like that. It's right? a hexagon. Yeah. So uh, only those products um, with that stamp are actual Trappist beers. All the other ones that say Trappist or um, look like Trappist beers are not really Trappist beers. They have to say like Belgian style or Trappist style beer or something like that. They can't actually call it Trappist beer. Mm. There's yeah, uh, like um, uh, champagne. Yeah. There's three um, requirements for it to be considered an authentic Trappist beer. This I did look up and I have it right here just to make sure I got it right. Um, All products must be made within the immediate surroundings of the abbey or monastery itself. Um, So the well or the spring that the monastery is drawing the water. Products must be carried out under the supervision of the monks or nuns. So it actually has to be, you know, directly the monks or nuns doing the beer. Profits should be intended for the needs of the, monastic, uh, the, the monastic community for purposes of solidarity within the Trappist order or for development projects and charitable works. And that's what, um, what's interesting about Chimay is that because they are doing it year-round, then they're constantly taking in revenue to give out to the community at large. So they have a multitude of charities that they're giving to because it, in order to maintain their, their Trappist beer, they can't make – obviously, they're a monastery, so they can't make any profit anyway but um they can't be a profit um it can't be a for-profit beer so some of these other beers some of these other trappist beers that only happen like seasonally you know just cover their costs for the winter seasons or whatever um or like um i can't remember the name of the beer but there's this really famous i should have looked this up too but there's this really famous trappist beer um that was named like one of the top beers in the world and it's um it like you have to submit and and request a six pack, and you they'll only sell six at a time, 
And um, it could be like a year before you actually get it filled, your order filled or whatever. And so you could get surprised to be in the mail. So, <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Wow. Well, so that's, that's what your... I know about Trappist beers. That's good. That's Catholic and beery. Yeah, it's Catholic and beery. So therefore, I know a little bit more than a regular beer. <laughs> And they all have really cool backstories, like just finding out where they came from and all that stuff. There you go. Yeah. See, now I got mine all poured in my glass. Oh, yeah. Look at that. That's a half glass, though. Well, I only have one set of beer glasses. <laughs> That's all right. That's I don't awesome. have goblets. <laughs> and I don't have schooners, I don't think. Now, like, do you know why, like... Um, Particularly Belgian style beer, beers or these thick and frothy beers are meant to be in like the goblets. I think it's probably the shape for it to um, be poured in, and then the way that the, the beer pours and it, and it goes outward, I guess, like a bowl, you know, like it pours and then maybe that releases the, the what's it called? I don't know, the, the carbonation or something differently. I never okay. looked it up. But here on right. the back of the, the label... It, it tells you where... It, it shows you don't drink it in like a regular beer glass. Drink it out of a goblet. Don't lay it down. Keep it standing up. So, right. so I don't know. Mine's yeah. more of a regular beer glass because that's what I got. So, right. But I'd rather do that than drink it out of the bottle, of course. <laughs> or a solo cup. <laughs> well... Mostly it's a cup. And Speaking of which, when I poured it into the Solo cup, it Ooh. foamed all over the place. So this oh, is yeah. clearly not the appropriate cup for it because when I put it in my normal goblet, it foams, but not like this bad. This was really bad. I had to wait a while before I could drink oh, yeah. it. Well, I just took my first sip and you heard me pop like, what, 10 minutes ago. So oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been slowly pouring that. Yeah. So um, I saw we have uh, feet and we have a review on Apple oh yeah my buddy luke you know who that is luke who luke you remember we plugged that podcast the vita um the vita podcast oh, uh, yeah. episode four that's luke that's the guy that's the interviewer that's pro-life bro yeah i love it because he says pro-life bro <laughs> i know it's awesome right yeah he was a former student of mine in colorado he's doing big things yeah Oh, okay, yeah, because I like the I like his uh, his uh, feedback is uh, these guys can't have enough fun and laughs. I can see that. If you're looking for a super casual, laid back Catholic show, then Among Wolves is for you! Exclamation point! Five yep. stars. Yep. So I really like awesome, that. right? So that's our first written review. So if you're listening, give us more written reviews so that way maybe. Um, Maybe iHeartRadio will add us onto their stuff because it's the only place that's like a big podcasting place that we're not on um, for whatever reason. So, anyway, so what are we talking about today? Um, you had some polls. Did anybody answer any of those things online? So, a couple of things I learned from doing that. That was the first time I ever used Instagram polls, by the way. A couple of things I learned is I don't know what I'm doing, A. Okay, good, because I had no clue either. Right. I didn't know that after you put the poll on there and that it disappears after 24 hours. So, oh. what happened was I checked it like um, at the beginning of the day or and then in the middle of the day or whatever. And it had a bunch of people voting and, and I, I can't remember which one had the most. But one of them had eight votes for yes and some of the other ones were like three and four votes or whatever. Um, and then um, 
And then I was like, okay, I'll see what happens whenever voting's all over. So the next day, um, by the time I get around to looking at Instagram, it was already gone. <laughs> so I was Do like, you know the results? No, I don't. It doesn't like get, unless I don't know how to. I, I clearly don't know how to use Instagram, but I don't know like where the results would go. Like I can't. They're they're not anywhere on like my normal feed or page or anything like that. Um, I click my activity. Uh, all it does it tells me what I've been doing. It doesn't tell me about my story, and that story is gone now. So stupid um, Instagram. I think it was probably the scripture one, um, or unless it was uh, unless it was um, uh, what was the the baptism one um, that was there also, uh, and then we had one person um, who what did they say? They direct messaged me, and they said that they wanted us to talk about. Hold on, oh crap! Let's see, uh, weed, sex, or money. Mm, okay. <laughs> A lot of those go in hand together. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, um, oh, no, I had two people. Another person texted us asking us to talk about Chewy. Chewy. <laughs> As in Chewbacca. Oh. <laughs> what was the other, but what was the last poll? The last poll was um, uh, how, how short is too short to be a stormtrooper? Okay, good, because I've done some research. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yes. Good for you. Go for it. Okay. I looked up how tall Luke Skywalker is supposed to be on Wikipedia. That's how tall he was? Well, yeah, because well, what's funny is, um, have you heard of Wikipedia? Who? Wikipedia. Oh, Not yeah, Wik- yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a combination of Wookiees, a, like Chewbacca, and Wikipedia. So, if nice. you go there, and I looked up Luke Skywalker, and you can see that he's a human male, but he's 1.72 <laughs> meters and 63 kilograms, and he was born at 19 BBY and died at 34 ABY. And if you don't – oh, and sorry. <laughs> I forgot this isn't a podcast uh, – a Star Wars podcast. Right. So, um, <laughs> BBY <laughs> is before the Battle of Yavin. And that is the battle at the end of the original Star Wars movie. So that is your zero year or your one year. Right. There's no zero year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the thing there. So in a sense, when Star Wars takes place is the beginning of time is the beginning of your timeline. So everything after Star Wars is ABY. So Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and all the sequels and stuff. But all the prequels and Clone Wars and Rebels and all that stuff is BBY. Cool. So so he's supposed to be about 19. He's supposed to be like 19 when Star when Wars all, happens. When all that stuff happens. That's so interesting. I it up and so it looks like it's, you know, 1.72 meters. And so if that's a little too short to be a stormtrooper, so I'm going to say five foot eight. It says that Mark Hamill, I looked that up and he has been listed at anywhere between five, seven and five, nine. And then <laughs> we I don't also, know how tall Mark Hamill is. <laughs> according to different sources. So I would say five, eight. <laughs> and then, um, I looked up another thing and it shows that stormtroopers should be, um, about six foot one, but, um, most of the actors who played them were really 5'11". So. 5'11". Interesting. So. Probably because they're a bunch of British dudes who right. put on suits. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> So, from the options from the poll, 
We have uh, weed, sex, and money. <laughs> we have Chewy. Okay. We have um, uh, scripture. We have uh, morality and virtue. And then we have um, baptism. Which of those sounds interesting? Well, of course, weed, sex, and money sounds the most interesting, but we can't put all those together. <laughs> right, right. I got to go to bed tonight. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about weed? We can. We I know my views on drugs are different than yours, and maybe even the church's. So, well, what are your views on drugs? Well. I don't know. I, I'm very much a believer in everything in moderation. You know. Hmm. So, I'd almost be that person who's like, ah, if you're not make, doing something crazy with yourself, it's okay. I see. To me, I understand the morality of, of weed, um, or drugs in particular, that are the actual purpose of is is to alter your mental state, and so I understand that the, since the since the since the actual end goal, the final the final end of of weed is to exist in a, in an altered mental state, then I understand the morality against it. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that I agree that that marijuana should be outlawed. I actually. I'm not sure where I fall on on that. For for example, like the fact that um, weed currently is legal, um, I'm a realist at heart, so I I understand that no matter what I say, no matter what objective morality might be, people are going to do different things, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so the fact that weed is is legal, it actually reduces on some of the. Um, some of the expense of the drug, uh, you see, what I'm saying like some of the expense of oh. the the police force and the and the jail time for people who are um, uh, uh, selling weed, and also it gets weed out of the illegal sector um, to where it's it's being um, trafficked and and all unhealthy and unsafe or whatever, and puts it more in a regulated in a regulated system. Um, theoretically, you could do the same thing with cocaine, right? Oh, I'm um, a, I'm, a, I'm a firm. I'm way on board with that. I'm I'm one of those people who thinks if you want to look at it in that sort of view, is that all drugs should be made legal and maybe um, like taxed and either um, uh, mon not monitored, but you know um, what do they call it? Like when they divvy things out. Um, you know, control, control. Uh, controlled substance, yeah. uh, you know, something they like already that. Are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's the thing too, because I've heard um, stories and stuff like that and articles on, on like how Portugal or something years ago decided to like, you know, decriminalize all drugs and then your criminalization has gone down. Right. Um, and then they the throw drugs. money into rehabilitation instead. Um, and but, and I get that, but the problem is um, here's here's where I get stuck: is that I believe that law does more than just deter crime. Like um, the fact that uh, breaking and entering is illegal, or the fact that um, 
uh, robbery is illegal does more than deter breaking and entering and deter robbers from going to banks and robbing them. Um, but I think um, law also teaches, it educates a society about what is appropriate in this society. And that's where I get stuck. And that's where I draw the line is that um, obviously – uh, the the end the the objective morality of uh, of a drug is to alter your mental mental state and to uh, to um, to purposefully diminish your mental cap- capacity um, is morally illicit because it makes your decision making skills very poor. Uh, and it reduces the factory, the, 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 the mental factory of will. And, and whenever you reduce your capability of free will, you are restricting yourself and um, making yourself a slave to something else and not a free person, right? You're, you're, not, you're not free to choose the good. You know, you are now hindered from choosing the good because of all these alterations or whatever. Uh, and so, I, uh, so objective morality says that um, to purposefully pursue a drug that's going to – the sole purpose of the drug is to alter your mental state, um, that can't be good because it means that you're, you're saying to a society – to legalize something like that, what you're saying to the society at large is you are saying that – we don't care about your freedom. We don't care about your your ability to choose appropriately. Um, all we care about is that you are are happy, you know, and that's or you you feel good or you um, can experience whatever that you want to experience, right? And so, um, so that's where I get stuck because to to blanket legalization of drugs. Is to is to basically say that to your society. Um, you see what I'm saying? I see where you're saying, but I can also look at. Here's the counterpoint. You know what's great too is we got like our little boxes here on our computer that people can't see at home. So I almost feel like we are on like a, a headline news kind of show where we're supposed to be debating each other. <laughs> but um, that's true. <laughs> Um, what the thing too is, I mean, if you look at it another way too, is you can see things that are legal, like cigarettes. So take something like cigarettes that are completely legal, but we are deterring people away from them, and there are laws against when you can use them, like you can't smoke inside anymore, and in many businesses or or you know near buildings or you know, and sometimes it's like, oh, you can't smoke in your own home or. <laughs> Or after sex, or any time when you enjoy it, you know, it's like they, 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 they limit it big time. Like the city of San Francisco does allow cigarettes past the border, you know. Now, I'm exaggerating on some of those things, but you know what I mean? And I don't know how many times I'm watching television in the afternoon or, you know, dinner time, and it has to have that. A, you know, funky looking lady who's, you know, who's, you know, who's showing on how cigarettes have ruined her life and has the funny face and then the one person has the voice box and the other right. person says smoking's bad and then it says this person died two weeks later and, you know so i mean there are things against it that deter people and there are fewer people smoking now than you know probably ever never yeah exactly. yeah so yeah. something like that now it shows that cigarettes are completely legal but but they're you know 
I mean, it doesn't show in society where we're like, hey, it's cool to smoke. Like, and I hear this thing now, you know, I know now vaping's like the new cool thing. Right. And they're talking about and the history of, of or, or the things where teens are doing that now, where when I was in high school, like, you were cool if you smoked. And now they say, oh, teenagers don't smoke anymore. Probably because no. they've heard about that stuff. So when I'm going back to the point where you're showing the moral version, and I understand that, and I can see that completely, but I can also see it the fact of if you decriminalize things like drugs, you have, um, you do take the power away from, you know, the bad people per se. Like with right. prohibition, everybody became. You know, all the gangsters and people like that came into power because they were finding ways to do illegal um, alcohol. And then when a prohibition ended, they had to find something else to do, you know. Right. If it was gambling or, or hookers or drugs, they had to come up with all those things. So. Right. If you kind of and I get that, which which is why I get end up being stuck on this stuff, because um, you think about like things like heroin or crystal meth, right? If you had um, legalization of marijuana and cocaine, you basically have uh, and regulated, like you said, and kind of you basically have a legal way to satisfy. Um, to satisfy that itch, I guess you could say, that is less um, less dangerous, so to speak, than meth or or heroin. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I do, and I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying is if you do everything, you get a kind of a more of a clean slate. Now, I understand. I am, I do believe that you know, you cocaine and heroin are on different levels, and right. I don't, and I don't believe when people are like, well, if you smoke a joint, then you're you're on your track to heroin, you know, because it's the gateway drug. I mean, maybe with some people, but. That was just their the scare tactics back in the day, but I mean, right, right. It's it's a slippery slope, just out of logic. But. Yeah, but the fact is, like we're talking about it. Yes, I understand that, but it's more of those things because the fact was, um, I think it was when Colorado legalized marijuana. Yeah, I think it was that before California, but it was something like that where, like in um, the Mexican cartels would have, um these fields that they were growing all these marijuana plants right. in, down in Mexico. And, and when the legalization, just for that state alone, they just pretty much wiped out that field and started planting all the poppy plants to make heroin. Right. So, in a sense, they, they, they said, as of today, we're out of the marijuana business and going to double down on heroin because the fact is, now there's no point for us to have this business. So then... Wouldn't it have been better to to maintain an illegalization of marijuana and have those drug lords peddling marijuana because it's far less dangerous than heroin? Yeah, maybe if you want to look at it that way. I I just right. I feel like taking it all out of their hands. Now I might sound yeah. like I'm the more immoral person, but no, because because I, I I think. Yeah, and this is this is where because we're not because obviously the objective morality is is clearly wrong, right? Now we're not on that part of this. We're we're also 
Um, let's compartmentalize this, like men putting things in boxes. <laughs> right. So, well, well the, th- and the thing is, is um, the the objective morality is wrong, but we live in a world where we know that we're all fallen sinners. Uh-huh. Um, and this is the whole argument on on uh, abortion, right? And so, like people say. Um, to legalize abortion because and to make it rare and um, and safe, right? That was the whole thing. Um, but again, the opposite actually is what happened. It it taught our society that uh, a, it was okay. The life of yeah, the life of the baby doesn't actually matter. It's not a real person, right? Um, and so that's that's the the danger with with drugs, but the but the um, but the flip side of that is the reality that if we were to legalize uh, or I'm sorry to to illegalize abortion at a national level um, and at a state level, um, then the the back alley abortions would begin happening again. Uh-huh. You see what I'm saying? Um, and back alley abortions were uh, were terrible, mm-hmm. but were they as terrible as the however many people, however many millions of people have died since what fifty three million or something like that that have died since Roe versus Wade? Right, right. So that's that's the that's the whole questions um, that I think we're struggling with here and dealing with. Um, because on the one hand, you do have that reality that. Um, to, uh, there's a ton of money that goes into like um, uh, uh, prosecuting and uh, jail time for people that have um, an ounce of weed or something yeah. like that that we're talking about. Because we could go uh, on that for like hours – well, not hours, but I mean like you were talking about before, if you just do marijuana on a national level and how right. much of our – um, resources as a government go into just that alone and like you're saying well, you're thinking of police forces you're talking about uh, the legal system and then when we're like you're pointing out jailing people it's like oh well we're going to come on you really hard and then and and then keeping all these people who may have like you said an ounce or something and then it's like oh well you have more than that so now we're going to get you on um, what's it called uh uh, attempt to distribute, right? And it's like no, I just don't. I like buying things in wholesale. Look at all my paper towels. <laughs> You've been to Costco, yeah. <laughs> Why would I want to do that? Right, right. You know. So it's like I understand that a hundred percent. But I mean, you know, and then we put, and then guess what? Incarcerating a lot of these people. That costs money. This is the stuff people complain that we don't have money for our schools. Well, we're wasting right. it on all these things because, like, of the way the prison system. Well, there should be prison reform anyway about things like that because we're just oh, yeah. we're yeah, locking up podcast. Yes, but I mean, we're locking <laughs> up people and we're wasting all this money. So, not only is it the money we could be making on taxing things and taking things away from, let's say, the bad people, but it's you know everything going into and you know going after them. You know what I mean? Right. I, I get that. Um, and I, I understand also the, the the distinction that for the most part, like abortion clearly is, is fatal. Whereas marijuana, not necessarily fatal other than like driving under the influence and stuff like that. 
Um, yeah, so most of that's the, not even that bad because they always – if you stone people who drive, <laughs> are going right, to drive right. really slow. But <laughs> drive really slow. <laughs> no, I mean if you think about it, if you want to look at something like that, alcohol is causing more deaths than anything and that's still legal. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and if that's because yeah. of the beer, beer dollars, and the industry is keeping it that way, I mean, if you, you know, yeah. and and, and I, you know, as we're sitting doing a podcasting where we drink all the time, but right, you but know, at the same time, we're um, the the aim of of alcohol is different than the aim of weed. Like uh, a puff of weed does something different to your brain than a glass of beer, you know. Like, uh, for, for example, um, uh, marijuana in general, whenever your marijuana produces, uh, dopamine in your head a whole lot quicker than anything else, right? That's people, that's why people like marijuana. Um, because literally once you start smoking marijuana, um, your brain starts producing dopamine and that's how you get like, oh, this is great. You know, I feel really good. Um, also I can't think straight, but, um, alcohol that, 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 uh, that process is slower and it's doesn't necessarily occur. For example, like, um, whenever I'm drinking, I can still have clear and coherent thought and clear and coherent choice up to a point. Now, now if I were to drink both the chimes that I have in there, then I clearly wouldn't. And that would be inappropriate for me to do because then I would not have control over faculty mm-hmm. and, you know, in, in our own, um, in our own sinfulness and brokenness or just our own lack of being able to know when enough, when is enough. Sometimes we can have too much. Right. But when it comes to marijuana, uh, one is is already more than enough because that is that is the ultimate goal of marijuana. It's not it's not a re, it's not a relaxation so much as it is a shutdown. That's why people drive slower. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, not to disagree too much, but I mean, I do know there are a lot of people who function very well with you know smoking some marijuana not so much that they're baked out of their mind but you know putting it so it is more like a relaxant or take the edge off now like you're saying with the dopamine and everything that may alter you a bit but i know that sometimes if you just take a hit or something like that it may not hit you that hard or something like that and all you're doing is feeling like a ah you know it's like taking a xanax or something right you know which is also legal yeah, well, which was, that was the argument for um, for the progression of marijuana, uh, because it, because of the because of the rapidness of how marijuana produces dopamine in your system, uh, your body will stop producing dopamine naturally, and so you need marijuana in order to produce the dopamine. Uh, in if you need the marijuana in order to produce the dopamine, uh, after a while, marijuana is not going. One joint isn't going to produce enough of dopamine for the body. What the body wants, right? It's going to produce regular levels of dopamine, right? Not um, not exorbitant levels of dopamine that like whenever you had your first hit or something like that, right? 
And so um, you're going to look for either more joints or something stronger. That was the argument. I mean, it's still still a slippery slope because, you know, somebody who smokes marijuana uh, and ends up becoming uh, dopamine addicted to it is not necessarily going to go to heroin or cocaine or something like that in order to get those uh, in order to get those highs or higher highs or whatever. Right. Um, but might just be con- connected and, and addicted to marijuana their whole life. Um, and that type of person might end up um, being able to smoke uh, a joint and still um, and still have a, uh, um, a kind of just taking the edge off like what you said. But the problem there is that that's because they're chemically dependent. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, they're, I understand. They're, they're no longer free at the, in the same in the same coin. You, you see, um, and. And that's why I actually think that we screwed up in the Carche Blanc um, uh, legalization of marijuana in the state of Nevada, you know, because um, we taught our kids that it's morally acceptable because we're currently living in a society that anything that's legal is morally acceptable, right? You can't have something that's legal and not also moral in our society. For whatever reason, right? Because again, laws teach uh, laws teach as well as hinder crime, right? Um, and so the fact that we have this this uh, legalization of marijuana, and then the creation of something like a jewel, you know, where where it's a small discrete vaping thing, and you can get CBD oil from basically anywhere for free, or not for free, but for for cheap. Um, we have a generation like a generation of teenagers who smoke way more pot than teens in the 90s whenever pot was like a big thing and there was this war on drugs or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. And and not only that, it's it's far more difficult now for parents to detect because whenever you're using CBD oil in a jewel, there's very little smell to it. Right, right. The water vapor. Right. And so the kids still get the dopamine, the dopamine dependency and not to mention like at that level when they're still in brain development, it fries their brain. Like sure after 25, that diminishes quite a bit. But before 25, for all these teenagers that are, that are having their jewels and, and smoking this stuff, man, we're going to have a, a, a generation of really, really diminished intellects amongst our teenagers who become adults because they've they've stunted the growth of their their brain by smoking before their brain was fully developed you got to cut right there at 112 because i got to plug in the laptop the uh, zoom is probably taking a lot more energy than i thought <laughs> <laughs> oh no what happened it just said so you- it says you have 7 minutes left please plug in or something. But it was like, I know it was full when I did it because I leave it plugged in. And I'm like, ah, we'll get through this. <laughs> yeah. um, but you're plugged in now and you're all good? No, no. I'm going to go. I mean, I'm telling you at 112. Oh, go, go plug in. Go plug in before something dies. <laughs> Crap. Where am I at? Where was the point I was trying to say? What was the last thing you said? Is it on the kids vaping it? 
Right. Talking about how now we have a generation of kids who, um, because of that, what, what, what is oh, that? Uh, um, you're saying because the stigma is gone? Right, right. The stigma has gone. We, we've, we've carte blanche uh, legalized weed. Uh, and so, therefore, now we have a generation of teens who smoke more than the teens did in the 90s. But then the, th- the other thing, too, is I feel like so many people still smoked anyway, even when it was illegal. Like, it was almost like that thing where it's like, well, it's not other drugs. Like we're saying, it's not, you know, heroin or something like that. It's like... It almost became acceptable. I remember even on How I Met Your Mother when they're like, don't do drugs, kids, except for weed. It's cool. But <laughs> And that's, you know, when weed was illegal. And I don't know how many people were, were like, oh, it's illegal, but it's okay. And, right. you know, and even, you know, in, just in society, it's like, eh, yeah, you know. Right. But I don't know. It's just that thing. And, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I realize when I sit there and say, oh, things should be legal, like across the board, it's not going to work out that way. There has to be checks and balances and a bunch of other stuff. I mean, I know I, I'm real pie in the sky where I'm like, oh, yeah, every, you know, we shouldn't have any guns. That way you don't have to worry about anybody getting shot, good guys or bad guys, or we shouldn't have any abortions and every pregnancy should be planned you know and we should have all solar power right right, and everything should be beautiful and you know the utopia or whatever but you know i know things don't work out that way so you know but right because we grow in virtue we're not we're not perfection we don't we don't live in ideal we grow in virtue that's the best we can do so yeah so back to the thing with uh you know as i was pointing out when you're using like the drugs or something like that and and talking about all the money you save for not prosecuting and how and and uh, detaining and hunting you know the drug task force and all that stuff and then you take away that stuff from you know the marijuana growers and things like that you know i feel like that's you know a big thing where it's almost like a plus you know and you can regulate it and maybe you sit there and say hey you know like cigarettes are cigarettes are totally legal and you can buy them but you have to legally be 18 and it's kind of frowned upon and there's a lot of things you can't do it at so maybe it's like hey these things are legal but you gotta be 21 and it's frowned upon and you can't do these things it's not, it's legal but it ain't 100% legal like you can't go into a, uh, a restaurant and start puffing away Right, right. Sorry, that was yeah. from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I thought you were going to catch that. Which part was that from Pulp Fiction? In the beginning, when when there, he's like, so in Amsterdam, like, hash is legal. He's like, yeah, it's oh, legal. Yeah. But it's not 100% legal. Like, you can't go to a restaurant <laughs> and just start puffing away. You well, got- that's basically what we did with, with, other than, like, I think... I think the smoking regulations apply for for marijuana, right? I don't think um, actually when it, I think it, when it's CBD and the Jewel, I don't think anybody cares at all, right? I think I it's think probably illegal, but it's one of those things where they can't, they don't enforce or they don't. It's oh, okay. harder to get. I bet right, you because I've seen people smoke a Jewel in inside a grocery store. You know, now, I don't think you're supposed to though. Oh, really? Okay, I wouldn't well, say because I know there's a lot of places that. You know, 
It will say no smoking, and then a lot of things say, like, no vaping, too. Okay. And then no vaping is really not a bigger deal because... And that's not... But, but that's not law, either, though. That's that's um, private organizations' it's policy. True. Well, yeah, yeah. You might be able to legally vape in a grocery store. I don't know, but... Right. I know that, you know, they probably don't want you to. The guy at Smith's might say, hey, come on, dude. But, you know, I don't see – and that's the thing. You can't sit there and have, like, a joint hanging out of your mouth going down the aisles, you know. Isn't that basically what a jewel is with CBD oil? Well, yeah, but it's different. (laughs) How's that different? Well, then it's the same thing with the the tobacco or whatever. Right. You can't do that, but you can't have a cigarette doing that stuff. They'd ask you to leave and you can't smoke in places. So, I mean, yeah, maybe you're doing the same thing. But it's the same, but, you know, but then again, I can, you know, eat an edible and then go grocery shopping. That's true. <laughs> and I'd still be high as a kite, you know, yeah. but then it, it, it. the smoke didn't get any, but there's no contact high. That's, I think that's the whole piece was that uh, there's no, uh, the, the whole issue with smoking in public places was the fact that it affects others. The whole issue with, um, marijuana in public places would be that it's there's a con there's such a thing as a contact high or secondhand smoke yeah um, but i mean i've been to a lot of concerts and stuff and i'm like wow there's a lot of weed here and i didn't think right. i felt anything even right, when right, i'd be right, like no. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't forget>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not sure how uh, yeah yeah I, I get what you're saying no i understand but i mean you know so there's that but there's the, that's the thing and I understand you have to do things like I don't know you can't just blanketly do things because you know there's a there's a comedian or somebody who said you know the reason things are illegal is because there's some idiots that screw everything up like yeah. you know this used to be legal and then somebody screwed it up now you gotta take it away from everybody you know but that's right. the thing because I have met you know I've I've been in circles with drug use and I've seen people who've done drugs and gone to work and do everything fine. And I've seen people who use a little bit and they're all messed up. Right. You know, like, because that's the difference between the chemical dependency and the um, recreational user. Oh, but even the thing too is I think it's also your – your what's it called your like when you're talking about chemical dependency it could also be your genetically your genetic code that's true or whatever right, right. and what because i can drink more alcohol than some people and not have any effect because of my genetics right and also if you got drunk how do you act when you're drunk you know right, when right. it's like when you get drunk and all of a sudden you're just there's the i love you man guy who, right. who just wants to hug you and say, oh, David, you're the best guy in the world. You know, there's those. There's the people who sit there and talk too much when they get drunk. There's the people who clam up when they get drunk. And there's the people who want to pick fights when you get drunk, you know. Right. So, it's like, hey, I, you know, <laughs> this guy's the nicest dude. And he has four beers in him. And he's all of a sudden, you're looking at me cross-eyed. I'll punch you in the dang mouth. <laughs> And it's like, where did that come from? <laughs> right, the angry drunk. I've only met one of those in my entire life. Yeah. No. Oh, I got a story about an angry drunk, too. I'll tell you about that at a different time. But, I mean, 
<laughs> but I mean, there are those people that, yeah, and there are some of those that it's like, right. that's the thing. And there are certain people who can drink, you know, and then, you know, then there's the people, like you said, with chemical dependencies, when they're like the functioning alcoholics, because there's a friend exactly. of the family who I because think... Because they're chemically dependent. Yeah. There's like, like literally... That's a thing. If you enter into the hospital and you're an alcoholic, but you don't say that and for whatever reason you get admitted and all of a sudden you start experiencing withdrawal symptoms Mm -hmm. and the hospital has no idea what to do with you because you didn't say, hey, I drink this much every single day. Yeah, I drink a case of beer a day just to be regular. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I've done the thing too. I've been on the retreat with the guy who sat there and said I drink like a fifth of whiskey because just to stop the shakes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's the thing is part of their medical care ends up becoming, um, okay, we need to make sure that this person has alcohol in their system because they're literally chemically dependent. They are not free. You can't just jump off the cliff. Right. 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 But I mean, I do know there's those things because I have, I, you know, like we were talking about methamphetamines and you hear about the people with no teeth who are out in the middle of the street and doing the craziest stuff. But then there are also people who go to work and they use it like coffee. You know, right. you could you could do a line in the morning and then it gives you like a kick and then it's like, okay, I that's it. Now, it may it alters you a bit or something and gives you like this rush and it's like, okay, now I'm good to tackle my day. It's five o'clock in the morning and then at lunch, I might have a little pick-me-up and then I'm good for the rest of the day, you know. And those people might not have that weird chemical thing where it's like I do it and then now I need it constantly and I'm going to do it so much that, you know, I go overboard. So, that's where I was reaching in the moderation category where it's like, you know, and I hate to like teach that thing or, you know, know, like be like, well, you know, even in moderation, these things are good, you know. Because, like I said, well, the problem is, as as I don't think they are, not even in moderation, um, because I don't, I, I literally don't think that there's such a thing as moderation when it comes to weed or cocaine or heroin or methamphetamine, because um, that first hit is, is going to do something. Right, the very first time is it's going to do something. The reason why you have functional alcoholics, so the reason why you have the person who can use meth-like coffee, is because they've they've gotten used to it. There is a um, a level of chemical dependency where the the initial hit doesn't do anything for them. They're functional now in it. Um, and do we really want to create a, sci- a society where that's the norm? No, I understand. No, I, I see what you're saying. Because I get I get the, the, the financial aspect of it. And this is this is where I get torn. I don't think carte blanche everything. Um but if um but I understand weed and to an extent I would understand cocaine. Um because it's it's far less dangerous than like meth or heroin. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Um but at the same time, it's still super dangerous. <laughs> yeah, and the fact is all these things can be way dangerous too, like we we're talking about with cocaine. Like, right. you know, you could use that to take the edge off or you could use that. And, and like you're saying, it is an altering state because it will have like a numbing factor and stuff right. like that. 
Oh, sorry. So it is kind of like, you know, as uh, as, as you use it to calm yourself. I mean, even though it's an upper, it will kind of kind of calm you, you know, to a point, which is yeah. funny because it like settles your nerves to a point, but also raises your heartbeat. So it's kind of funny on how things <laughs> like that happen. But but then the thing too that I've like to point out is the contrary where because, you know, you know, people would be like, oh, you know, drugs are bad, this and this. And it's like, well, yeah, but there's also all these e- there's all these legal drugs that do all these things to you. Right. That we push and do stuff like that, and people do take advantage of that. Why they either abuse the legal drugs, or even the fact that it's like, even if you know, you know, like um, uh, um, uh, what is it? The the oxycotons. What is it? What are those called? Opioids. opioids the, you know, yeah. the war on opioids is you know the big thing now because all the right. deaths and this and that with that, and that was the whole right. thing where we were talking about marijuana, and even not into the marijuana point of like the um what is it the not the thc what is it the other part of CBD. the cbd right. where you you know you're seeing on how you use that for pain relief and they don't get high off it but there is a relaxing agent and you can totally help somebody with chronic pain with that right Opposed to the legal way of using all these opioids that's the literally hurting their body more. You know, it hurts right. the liver and all those things. And I actually think that that's one of those political games that's being played because this this war on opioids happened uh, conveniently at a time. Like, there's opioids have been a problem for years. Like, uh-huh. Years and years, um, and this this particular war happens at a time where a, a large like there's this large movements for many states to legalize marijuana, uh-huh. and I think you're right. I think the use uh, the recreational use of mari- marijuana is naturally going to reduce the um, abuse of opioids, um, which is much harder to regulate because it's a pill. Like you take the pill, and oh, I don't know i don't know if it's working so i'm going to take another one right and then all of a sudden you've had too much and you're dead right well, <laughs> it, that's or, a simplistic you, way but yes yeah it's over yeah it's overly simplistic but you get the idea right right um whereas whenever you're whenever you're smoking it, it's into the system so fast that um it's not instantaneous obviously but but it's pretty darn close oh yeah but right then if you look at it when you're when you're talking about it in that way, if you do the um you know, ingesting your marijuana or something like edibles right. or something like that, because that was the big thing is like, oh, with the old pot brownies and stuff. And right, you right, eat right. one of those things and you're like, I don't feel anything. And unless you have somebody you who says, just right. wait, <laughs> don't <dude>. eat more, <laughs> just wait. And they're like, no, nah, I'm going to eat one more. I still don't feel anything. I'm going to eat one more. And then like, oh, crap. All of a they're in the hospital. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, uh, uh, yeah, because again, you know, it's stupidity, but um, yeah, yeah, because that's a, that's a real thing. You're right, and and um, and I do think that this whole uh, the war against opioids is going to end up looking like a success, and in the the couple, the next couple of years, whenever it's time for uh, a uh, re-election or whatever, um, 
because the legalization of marijuana in all these places has greatly reduced the use of opioids. Um, and so I understand that there are uh, benefits to it. But at the same time, I'm still on the other, that other side of what does it teach our children and our kids? And like, like I said, like I, I work with teens and I haven't dealt with this much issues with marijuana since the nineties, like for in the nineties, I remember having to deal with marijuana issues a lot. And then it died off in the early two thousands. And, um, and then now, uh, ever since the popularity of, of, uh, states uh, legalizing weed. Now I'm dealing with it again, like it's the '90s, but even more so. Hmm. Like basically every kid that gets their hands on a jewel gets their hands on CBD oil into the jewel, and, and is altered whenever they're at school, whenever they're at church, whenever they're anywhere. Um, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And part of me would have thought it would be a little different, where. You, it wouldn't be as popular because the fact that it's legal and you can just go to a store, opposed to the fact that back in the day, it's like, ooh, it's a little taboo. So, well, the the problem is, is the the reason why um, it, cigarettes being legal and used infrequently is because of the the health risks of and. Uh, Everything that goes along with, with the cigarettes. Surgeon general warnings. Right. Is well known and understood. Whereas there was this massive political, not, not even political, like, I guess political, like there's a massive agenda to legalize pot all over the place um, in, in media saying, oh, pot's not that bad, right? Um, and so, so now we have a, an entire generation who believes pot's not that bad. But then you try to have a, a coherent conversation with one of these kids, and you're like, "Oh my goodness, you are so so lower than your developmental level should be that that's not okay, mm. right?" And I don't know if you're ever going to catch up to an adult level conversation. Mm. And this is having a conversation with like a 19 year old, right? And this this is a student who's supposed to be in college and able to have a coherent conversation and can barely follow you for five seconds. Well, I don't know. I problem is I feel like we have some students like that who who don't do drugs. But <laughs> well, they're probably doing drugs. <laughs> That's the problem. No, I don't know. I just so, think I'm, so I'm, folks at home, if you feel like your child's a little slow for their age, check to see make sure they're not drugs. having a jewel. <laughs> I know. Sorry. <laughs> That's more of my thing that I've met enough people that I think are dumb. <laughs> and I'm not even talking about like, you know, kids in our class because most of the kids in our class, I, I don't think I've ever had any of my kid in my class that I'm like, that person's a moron. <laughs> Luckily. Because I'll do that, and Lisa will tell me, don't say that about that kid. Oh, wow, they're dumb. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I do that more with adults, I guess. But uh, but then again, if you think about it, the reason why pot was illegal in the first place 
was because of scare tactics and the other reasons. way. Where exactly. it's like, this thing's right. the worst thing since, well, unsliced bread, you know? <laughs> you know? But that, that's that ridiculous pendulum swing that we experience oh, in anything political. If we want to talk about, yeah, if we were the political co- podcast, I would be pointing that out. Anytime right. anything gets too far this way, that it has to swing that way, and that's why and, everybody. But literally, that's what we did with marijuana. Oh, it, we also marijuana, like in in the the war against drugs in the Bush's age. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like this evil thing that's 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 terrorizing our streets or whatever. And now we we look at marijuana as like a care bear. You know, you yeah. see what I'm saying? No, like, yeah, that, maybe it's to a point where we should have gone to a little lesser of a hard edge because then it takes away. Because I feel like if you you take away the the super evil stigma to it and it kind of loses its power maybe not make it so it's the care bear like you're saying but like don't like i don't know you you would you would lessen the the the, you know i don't know it's kind of like uh if you're not scared of something, then it doesn't have control over you kind of thing or right. whatever. Or to be realistic about it even, like you, you think about like you watch you watch television and there's a there's a, a drug commercial for something that's supposed to be for your um, digestive uh, system. Yeah, yeah. And it says like may cause – uh, uh, stomach bleeding or or whatever, right? You know, there's like these are all the things that may cause, you know. Right. And then to say like, oh yeah, like okay, so marijuana is not going to give you lung cancer like like normal or like like what a cigarette does, but it is going to stunt your your brain development. And especially, it's, and this is a uh, this is a new thing that a bunch of research is coming out of, especially smoke and vaping. Uh, moving into vaping is giving you chemically induced pneumonia. Like there are tons and tons of cases of people um, getting chemically induced pneumonia from their vape usage. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, that's the thing. It should be who was it that told me that? There was a guy at the comic shop. He was telling me about. You know, you see the decrease in cigarette smoking because you pack on those Surgeon General warnings. You tell people how terrible it is. And if you notice, every year it's less and less and less. So, right. if you – I remember middle school or whatever, at least at least once a year we would have some kid with their science project showing how bad cigarette smoking happens – does to your lungs or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the closest thing we got in the nineties, and in the nineties, this this is your brain, and this is your brain on drugs, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we went from this is your brain on drugs to we have a singing dog on Family Guy talking about how great weed is, right? Right. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the span of like fifteen years. No, I get you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And, and that's the thing. And and I'm not like, and remember, audience, I'm not like Mr. Pro Advocate for, like, put a <laughs> joint in every kid's mouth. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. but I've also noticed, I don't know, maybe I haven't seen it, the boot. I don't have my boots on the ground like you are with all the kids or something, but it's like, I don't know. I don't see that the legalization has, I haven't seen the effects of it so much. Because the people I know who used to smoke weed before are still smoking weed now, but I right, don't right. know the I don't see any of the straight laced people who are smoking it, or if the straight laced people who smoked it 
and didn't tell anybody are still not telling anybody. So, right. I mean, maybe that's just because I'm not, I'm not hanging out in the junior highs <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and when well, I say I anymore, am. let me tell you, no. we got a lot of stoned out middle schoolers. <laughs> but that's the thing. But see, then where are they getting? Because they're not getting it from the legal places. Right. No, the problem is, is because you can literally order any of the stuff on Amazon now. Oh, well, because see, I remember I knew kids in high school that would get stuff like weed because they can get it easier than cigarettes. Right. Because cigarettes, you have to be 18 and booze, you have to be 21 and you can buy booze and and cigarettes at any 7-Eleven, but you have to have identification. So it was easier to get drugs because you could just buy it from a dude who's selling it to you. So right. I knew people who could buy drugs easier than getting booze, and that's how they got drugs. Yeah, and that's the argument for the legalization of marijuana. And and to an extent, I get that. But again, because this isn't the world of the 90s anymore um, – the birth of Amazon has changed all of that. Um, you can get you can get jewels and CBD oil delivered to your house in a brown box that has a, a indistinguishable label to it, other than like your kid's name on it. Yeah, and your kid could be like, "Oh, I had to order some stuff for school or whatever," and then all of a sudden, you got your kid with a jewel and CBD oil in the room, and you have no idea because your house doesn't smell like weed and since you're a parent that that's a gen x parent or a millennial parent of a teenager and your your concept of weed is that smell that you grew up with in high school right you know you, you don't expect your kid to have this and um since your kid is a straight-laced kid and super smart therefore they're not going to be you know smoking weed but on the contrary they're a straight-laced kid and super smart, and they have all this pressures on them that they didn't have before. They, their anxiety levels are higher than any other generation before, and they're looking for outlets in order to, to um, in order to release that anxiety level. And they're smart. They're going to find ways to get. Um, they're going to find ways to get that that marijuana to to quote unquote calm themselves down. Um, yeah, from all the stress that they experience in life. It's interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, no, and, and I see that, too. But then the point, too, is I was going to say, if we made it illegal again, would they right. still be able to get it? Because it didn't seem that hard. Heck, it was, I knew how to buy this, weed years ago, and I didn't even, I didn't smoke. I had a lot right. of people who were like, hey, Neil, you need some? I got you. Like, oh, but the difference thanks. then would be is that those those straight laced kids who have high anxiety um, are less likely to go find a drug dealer. But Amazon, Amazon is a drug dealer <laughs> because it is legal and you can technically ship it. Well, I guess kids now know more things. Now I need to get my CBD from the drug from Amazon, so I don't have from to go Amazon. to Amazon. <laughs> so I don't have to go to the dispensary next to the strip club. <laughs> All right, so I think the bottom line on this is like uh, I don't. I think it needs. To, I think I think the principle of subsidiarity needs to apply here. I think we need to handle this at the at the 
most local level possible, which is in the home. Like, I think parents need to, to, to have conversations with their kids about drugs that don't necessarily happen anymore. Like, you hear that, you know, that parents are supposed to have that conversation, the, the talk or whatever, when it comes to sex with their kids. Uh-huh. Um, but you don't hear about parents having to give the conversation about um, legal or illegal drugs. Parents don't talk to their kids about alcohol. Parents don't talk to their kids about smoking. Parents don't talk to their kids about marijuana. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that would be the better thing because the fact, too, is, you know, I know that I guess part of our podcast is, you know, we, we, we deal in youth ministry, so we have to look at it at that point of view. But I haven't really, you know, I could see it more as if I have, if, you know, if Robert is of, a, you know, an older age. I know he's not buying weed now, but, yeah. you know, yeah. you know what I Where have. Where is he? You know, sh- <laughs> he is pretty- you don't watch him all the time. I know, that's true. There's a lot of time I'm at work. <laughs> Yeah, this week's been tough. At least 10 hours a day. <laughs> and it's 10 hours a day in the heat. That's what's killing me. It's easy in the office. The warehouse is killing me. I'm coming home like almost a zombie because I'm not eating enough either. And I don't think I'm not oh, drinking enough water. But besides that, that we're straying. But I mean, yeah, that's the thing. And I'd have to say the same thing about, like you said, about smoking and booze and whatever. I think a lot of times the parents have the. I think a lot of things with the parents having store uh, the talk about sex is because you don't want babies, you know. Right. If you have sex and get and you just got STDs, it'd be a lot less likely. Like if you're having the conversation about drugs, well, maybe you might be an addict, but you're not having. You're not bringing kids in the world, so so it's not as big of a deal, you know. I guess that might be the thing. But I think it is an important conversation to maybe have parents start having or teach parents to have. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, about being being able to have frank conversations of morality. And I don't think I don't think most of our parents have the language of the reasons why, as Catholics, we would be opposed to something like recreational marijuana. I don't think most parents can say that the um, that the end of marijuana, like if you're talking about just the point, the purpose of something. For example, the purpose of uh, alcohol is not necessarily drunkenness, although um, an ex- uh, although too much alcohol can lead to drunkenness. Uh-huh. Whereas the end of or the purpose of um, weed is high, is is an altered state of of mental capacity. Um, and that's that's a uh, other than people who are chemically dependent, in which case they're already not free in the first place. It's the same person who is is a chemically dependent alcoholic, right? Um, they need it in order to function in their day to day life, or they function on it uh, in their day to day life because they are so dependent and used to it, right? Um, but it, but being able to have a conversation with your kid and say, hey, you know. I don't want um, I don't want things to to make it difficult for you to choose what's right. I want you to have a clear state of mind. I want you to always be able to um, think critically 
and carefully about the decisions that you make because your decisions actually matter. And here's the reality. Too much alcohol can make that can can make it difficult for you to make decisions that are going to set you up to win. And even a little bit of some of these drugs is going to make it so that it's difficult for you to make decisions that are going to help you win, right? Um, and I want what's best for you as a parent. So here's literally what happens to you whenever you drink too much alcohol, whenever you smoke weed or whatever. Um, and I don't want you doing any of those things because I want you to win. I understand that in, in our society, to, it, there is no regulation on how much you drink except for at some, some places where they say, you're, you're cut off, dude. You've had too much. Uh-huh. Um, but I also don't want you to drink that much. I don't want you to drink that much to where you can't function and think and make appropriate decisions. Um, because let's face it, if you if you were to drink too much and then drive somewhere and uh, end up killing somebody in, in your car, it's not that you can't say that it's the alcohol's fault. It's your fault for choosing to drink that much alcohol, right? Right. And this is the same thing. The same thing applies here with um, with drugs, with uh, with uh, state altering drugs or whatever. Um, choosing to enter into that is choosing to alter your mental state and your ability to make rational choice. Um, and I don't want you to make. I don't want your ability to make rational choice diminished. I want you for who you are and not um, not a dumbed down or watered down or, or slave version of you. I want you to be free. Having a conversation like, like that with your kids, I think, changes, changes the conversation of drugs and alcohol. I can see that. And it's good to point it out like that, too your kids or something like that, you know, to point out, you know, I don't want you coming out, you know, this big pothead just sitting around on a couch doing nothing all day. Or yes. just like you said, with your, your mental state all messed up. Cause like if they're just drinking beer all day, I wouldn't like that either. Exactly. You know, yeah. but I don't know. Maybe it's just, there's part of me that feels like, the one puff is not the end all be all, but I I totally see where you're coming from. Right, but if you had a conversation with your kid like that, and your kid, and not just one conversation, like this was this was household discussion, uh-huh. then then it doesn't matter what the state or the nation does because you've handled it at the smallest level, and your kid understands the reality of it, you know, and not just, you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, because that's our whole point of everything else, too, because I don't know how many times we sit there and say, well, this is socially acceptable, but we believe this. Like you're talking about, like when we're talking about abortion, it's totally legal. Right. It's easy to do. You can walk up and get them as easy as you can buy a pack of cigarettes. But do does the church believe in it? Do we feel like it's a good idea? All that kind of stuff. Well, you have to teach your kids those things. Right. 
and you have to have that conversation and not just not just the blanket um, and not just the conversation from fear of like no this is bad and this is illegal because what if the state makes it not illegal and then what if the state convinces you through social media or through media that it's not bad you know you you have to you have to explain it from its essence and its reality you know if you know we talk to our kids about the value of and the dignity of life then the kids are going to understand why abortion shouldn't happen if we talk to our kids about um, the value of uh, of their integrity and the value of their freedom then it then it's going to greatly reduce their desire to want to alter that Uh i mean obviously like we're growing in virtue so your kid might fall but your kid's not going to think that this is the norm or think that that this is a, a good thing to to smoke all the time or to drink to get drunk uh, all the time. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. That's just my thoughts. Yeah, because my whole point, yeah. <laughs> on all my, my, my pushing on these things or whatnot, it, it's it's more of those, almost like that pie in the sky, because you could eliminate all the financial things that I was talking about in law enforcement and incarceration, right. but... You throw the money into rehab. Yeah, throw the money, exactly, throw the money into rehab, or or throw it into, like, you know, you know taxing these things. Because first of all, you're already going to have a na- uh, the negative part will already be back to zero. So you're going to have all this money that you were spending that you're not spending. Then if you tax the drugs, you get extra money too. And that's another thing too. Where's all this money that Nevada is supposed to be taxing these marijuana dispensaries that was supposed right. to go to schools that's not going to schools? Nope. Dun, dun, dun. Like they're going to a rainy day fund or whatever this rainy day fund is that right. the, the state is sitting there oh uh, yeah what's here but I don't know if it's going to go to schools well that's the whole reason we voted for it yeah. you know or whatnot. you know and it's a good way to do those things because what do we sit there and say there's never enough money for schooling and then you find a way to make something illegal that's or something that was illegal to be legal and you can regulate and tax the crap out of and you're going to get your and guess what we're already a tourist destination so you're right, getting right. people from Nebraska who are going to come to Vegas in general oh, damn I totally hit the mic <laughs> you're going to get <laughs> I got that excited about the Cornhuskers but you're going to get people who are in, in general big red <laughs> Wow, look at you. Yeah, yeah I, I live in Colorado I was gonna for say, a while. Yeah, I had a, <laughs> a lot of Midwest fans. I was going to say being in Colorado with the Colorado-Nebraska rivalry, or Nebraska yeah, rivalry yeah. is probably more of a go screw Big Red kind of thing. <laughs> Which is, no, I had tons of friends. Like one of my one of my dear friends, Angel, with her birthday is coming up. Well, she, her and her family are big Cornhusker fans. Oh, okay. I know go big red. Uh, yeah. Yes, that is that. And it, I, uh, although I have no idea anything else about that school or that team. Oh, they were a really big team back in the day. And uh, now they're just a shadow of their former selves. But what's funny is Colorado is playing Nebraska this weekend. There you go. Which used to be an annual rivalry, but nowadays it's not. 
Because they're in two different conferences. Oh, gotcha. <clears throat> it, uh, realignment. All back to money. But um, when we're talking about, like I was pointing out, so you get a couple from Nebraska comes out to Vegas because they're going to stay at a hotel, go to the pool, gamble, and have a good time. Oh, guess what? They have marijuana here. Let's try some. Or, oh, we do this anyway from the shady guy down the street. Let's get right. some legal, and then we'll smoke it in the hotel room. Boom, right. boom, boom. Yeah, then you can tax the crap out of that stuff and then put it towards something. Yeah, right. You know? I totally get that, especially in the sense that um, you're, regardless of the conversations that you have with your children, there are going to be people who are going to do it anyway, right? Yeah, if it's legal and, or not, too. Right, and, and so there is a lot of good that you can do with that money, and since it's not like abortion in the sense that people are dying on a daily basis from this experience. Literally. Um, right. The, then it, it it's not as severe uh an evil whenever the state legalizes it um yeah so i and i get all those things um but at the same time i think all the more so that because the state is states are moving to legalization of these things we need to have those conversations with our kids um but I don't think anybody's given parents the tools to have these conversations uh, because obviously the media has gone way, way left pendulum swing, right? So you went from weed is this evil monster out to get you to, you know, everything's great. It's the puppet on Sesame Streets, right? Uh, yeah, it should be more of a a little less than that where it's not this evil monster and it's not a cuddly bear it's like a friend right. I want to visit once in a while right it's a COPD drug commercial right <laughs> like, <laughs> you know puff and puff yeah. Exactly right. You know, may, may may cause difficulty in breathing if you experience this. Please well, see your doctor immediately. Well, all those things should be on the side of the packs anyway. You know, right, right. But it's not because you had you had all this stuff of uh, um, all these various lobbying groups promoting it to that it's the greatest drug ever known to exist, and so therefore everybody should be doing it. Uh. And then how the heck are you as a parent supposed to compete with that whenever all you have is like, oh, smoking weed is wrong because that's what I grew up with learning in the 90s, right? Uh, um, or the 80s and, and then you're stuck, right? You don't, you don't have anything else to give to your kids. But then if you, if you taught the kids the value of their freedom, the value of their free choice, um, and to have them prize that value – over something that can alter it, you know, to to saying that this is better um, than than that, you know, this the, you having control over your faculties is superior than this feeling that you might get from a thing. You see what I'm saying? Then they might still um, they might still have those experiences but they're going to know that hey yeah I, I actually don't have control over myself in those experiences um, and it's better for me to um, I, and I'm a freer person whenever I don't have those those uh, those things that are there or whenever I don't drink that much alcohol yeah I don't know how are we supposed to end this um, 
I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this is a tough one because it's like I totally understand. I don't think there's everything. any right answer here. No, I think there's the, not. I think, and that's right, the whole thing. Not. That's the whole problem with these whole things. Which is why this is fun. Where it's like, um, yeah, drugs are bad, but if you make them good, then it's not so bad and we have more money. And take it away from the bad people, but then people die because they're, it's legal. So then they can use right. as much as they want and they OD. So, right. Or they move on to producing heroin and pushing that. Yeah, well. And then you carp launch legalize everything and everybody's dead. Well, sometimes <laughs> that's what you got to do. It's, it's called survival of the fittest. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the other thing, too. Because if you legalize, I'm going to have to look that up about Portugal or something. But it's like, yeah, I understand that. Like, oh, let's legalize everything. And then there's all these, you know, what's it called? Um, you know, and then you've got all these people who are like, oh, this is awesome and new. And. And, you know, now we can um, do drugs, and then you got about like 80 ODs in the first, you know, couple exactly. of weeks. But then it tapers down and everything. It tapers down. We only lost a couple out. of people, and their lives don't matter, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All lives matter, Neil. All lives matter. You can't say that. That's racist. I can't say that. That's super racist. <laughs> Because you're not woke. I'm totally woke. I'm more woke now than I've ever been before in my life. I'm so woke that... I don't know.